So um, I had this friend of mine that uh, he was a doctor at the uh, new uh, Long Island College Hospital. He was, a, he was actually the chief surgeon there. And uh, he, he had some of the funniest sayings, you know, that, uh, that you can imagine. But one of the things that he liked to say, because he graduated from Harvard, but he said, you know what uh, the graduate from Yale says first thing in the morning to the graduate from Harvard? Good morning, sir. Welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? <laughs> All right. Um, so we are at, um, we are in, still in this series on worship, and um, this morning we're going to be looking at something, you know, I think this happens to all of us from time to time. You'll be reading through the Word, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, you'll read something, it's like, I mean, you just kind of glance over it, and then either someone will bring that passage of Scripture to, to your mind, or... or You'll look at it, Holy Spirit will remind you of something. And so we're looking at, we're going to be uh, starting in 1 Kings today. And um, if I ask you the question, you can ask this question to almost anybody on the street. Uh, when God met with uh, Solomon, actually met with him in a dream, as the Bible says, uh, and Solomon had an opportunity to ask God for something, what did he ask for? Wisdom. Okay. All right. Uh, and we, that's the right answer, but before that, he asked him for something else, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So uh, if you want to follow along on the overhead, or if you've got your Bible or your device, phone or laptop, 1 Kings chapter 3, and uh, we begin with prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we pray your anointing, the fire of your Holy Spirit to fall upon us this morning, fall upon your word, Lord, bring life to your word. And uh, God, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, an understanding heart, Father, and that we would take your word and apply it to our lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says the king went up to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for uh, that was the great high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. And at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask, what shall I give you? And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father. He mentions his father, recognizes that that's why he's on the throne today. He says, Because he walked before you in truth and in righteousness, in uprightness of heart with you, and you have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on the throne as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, but I am a little child, listen to this, and I do not know how to go out or to come in. We've probably read that a thousand times. It's like, what in the world does that mean? He says, and your servant in the midst of your people, whom you have chosen a great people, too numerous to be numbered or to, counted, to be counted, therefore give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people so that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? And this speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked these things. And we know the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, uh, the Lord granted him uh, wisdom. And, um, but I want to go back to verse uh, number 7. And he says, there was one thing that you had given my father that I don't have. 
And you gave him the ability to know how to go out and to come in. And he said, this is the one thing I really need to know. And I'm asking you for this right now. I need to know how to go out and how to come in. And so it's like, what in the world does that mean? Um, well, we're going to jump around the scriptures a little bit. In Numbers chapter 27, uh, we see this again. It's a phrase that's used over and over again. And I'll show you even where Jesus used it. It says that Moses spoke to the Lord saying, Let the Lord, the God of all spirit and of all flesh, Set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be, or may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. So when Moses knew, knew that he was getting ready to pass on and that he was going to pass the torch to someone, he's praying to God. He says, one thing, God, that I'm asking you to do, that whoever this man is, Whoever you choose to be the next leader of Israel, give him the ability to know the way to go out and the way to go in before men. And then we see Moses uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Uh, He knows that he is about to pass on. It says that Moses went and spoke these words to all of Israel. And he said to them, I'm 120 years old today, and I can no longer go out and come in. And then we know from Deuteronomy chapter 28, it's uh, one of the uh, scriptures about the great blessings that come as a result of obedience. And uh, the scripture says, blessed shall you, congregation and believers, uh, be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. So is that talking about, what's that talking about? Going in and out of your house, what is it talking about? Is it just talking about daily life, things that go into your office, coming out of your office, going to work, coming home from work? What is it talking about? Well, we look in John chapter 10, and as I mentioned, Jesus uses the same words. He says, I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will go in and out and find pastures. And then uh, we find the answer to what going in and coming out Going out and coming in means. In Joshua chapter 14, uh, Caleb is speaking to Joshua. And uh, Caleb had been promised a a portion of land, and he's ready to take that land. And he says, I am this day 85 years old. And yet I am as strong this day as on the day that the Lord sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. All right, you hear that? So he's talking about, he says, for both going out and for coming in. So it's a military term. Going out and coming in means it's a reference to military. It's a a reference to war back then, spiritual warfare for us today. I love how he says that. So now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. And so now we read in 1 Samuel chapter 18, It says, and Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. God is with David but has departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him captain over a thousand. And he went out and he came in. Notice he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all of his ways and the Lord was with him. Therefore when Saul saw 
that he behaved very wisely. He was afraid of him. But all of Israel and Judah loved David. Listen, why did they love him? Because he went out and because he came in from before them. And so going out and coming in is a reference to worship. We've been in this series about worship. And uh, as I mentioned, it's a military term. And so this is what would happen. So in the days, in those days, uh, when they would go out uh, for worship, or excuse me, for battle, uh, they would go out, and before they would go out, they would spend time in the temple. And when they'd come back in, they would uh, spend time in the temple worshiping the Lord. And they would go in, and as they came into the temple, they would worship the Lord. If they were winning, they would come in and worship the Lord. If they were losing, they would come in, and they would repent and still continue to worship the Lord. If the battle was at a standstill, nobody was winning, nobody was losing, they would come back in and uh, just sit in the presence of the Lord and be refreshed in the presence of the Lord and seek the Lord's face. Lord, what do we need to do? I want to just tell you this is good advice for us today. As we you know, leave our homes in the morning and you spend your time reading your word in the morning, spend your time, your quiet time, seeking the face of, of God, uh, as I said, reading the word in your quiet time. Lord, I've got so many things on my plate today. You know the things that I've got. I want to worship you, Lord God. I want to go out, and I'm going to go out victorious. I want to go out and be victorious. So I start out with my worship for the Lord. I go out. I have my day. Some days we go out, we're victorious. Some days, you know, we come back, we're at a stalemate. Some days we come back, and it's just like, you know, we feel like we've lost the battle that day. And, uh, but we don't give up. We never give up. Is that right? We don't quit. We're not quitters. God calls, the Bible says that God has called you and I to be more than overcomers. Not just to overcome, but, you know, to overcome and let the world know that you are an overcomer because God is with you. Uh, we'll come back to that scripture about David and, and uh, Saul in just a moment. But uh, because it's like everybody knew and, and Saul knew Exactly. He says, it says he was afraid of David because he could see that the Lord was with David and that the Lord had departed from Saul. And so when we go out or when we come back in and we're, we're in the presence of the Lord, when we're standing in the presence of the Lord, we're being renewed and we're being refreshed. In the book of Acts, it says that, um, that times of refreshing come from being in the very presence of the Lord. If you need to be refreshed, if your soul is weary, if your soul is dry, you feel like you're just about turned to powder and you're ready to blow away, you need to spend some time in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says that you will be like a well-watered garden. You'll be like oaks of righteousness planted by streams. That's what God wants us to be. He wants the world to look at you and see that God is with you. And you'll remember in the book of Acts that uh, the religious leaders Notice, they took note that these men, that these 11 men or 12 by then, um, that it says they took note that they had been with Jesus. The world needs to take note that you and I have been with Jesus. The only way they're going to notice that is if we are with Jesus. Remember when the sons of Sceva tried to cast out the demon and uh, the demon overcame them and stripped them naked and beat them up. They went out, you know, screaming out into the streets and, and, the, and uh, you know, the demon said to them, 
you know, said to the sons of Sceva, uh, he says, you know, Jesus we know, and Paul we know, but who are you? And the world will not know who we are unless we're spending time with Jesus. But when you and I spend time with Jesus, the world would stand up and take note. These men and women have been in the presence of the Lord. And so as we go into the Lord and we go into worship with the Lord, um, God's presence is in our lives. Now notice what it says here. It says that Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him but had departed from Saul. The presence of the Lord strikes fear into the hearts of your enemy. When they recognize there's another power, there's a supernatural power in your life, there's something about you, there's a glow about you, there's anointing with you that the world takes up, that will stand up and take notice that God is with you. And that puts fear in the hearts of the enemy. And then the world will also know, and you and I need to know as well, that as we spend time with the, with the Lord, there are certain answers that we need to know, that we need to have in life. Business deals, colleges that we go to, uh, jobs that, you know, careers and, you know, marriage and all of these things, you know, we need wisdom. We, it's like, God, I don't know. I don't know what to do in this situation. I need your help, God. I need you to show me what to do. I don't understand what to do. I need your help. And the Bible says that wisdom comes from being in the presence of the Lord. And it says here that David behaved himself wisely because he was in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord was with him. That was in verse 14. And then in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 18, again repeating what I just mentioned earlier, all of Judah and Israel loved David because he went in and out, uh, went in and out before them. Um, and then just kind of wrapping this up this morning, because we have communion, I think, this morning, don't we? Okay. Okay. Uh, I want to just kind of just kind of give you a, an illustration of this. Uh, this comes from Second Chronicles chapter nine. It says, "When the queen of Sheba had heard of the fame of Solomon, and uh, so the Ethiopians had this reputation of being number one, a world power at that time, and um, they there were two things that they were devoted to." One was wisdom, and the other one was wealth. They devoted themselves to wisdom and wealth. And so when she heard about Solomon's vast fortune and about his wisdom, she had to come and see for herself. She wanted to check it out because they prided themselves, the Ethiopians prided themselves in being, you know, the wealthiest of the world and the wisest of the world. And so the Queen of Sheba had heard about the fame of Solomon, and uh, she came to Jerusalem to test Solomon. She came to test him with hard questions. And the questions that they enjoyed asking were, number one, they, they, they thrived and they loved riddles and, and how to solve these, you know, these difficult questions. But they also loved Proverbs. Imagine the Queen of Sheba coming to Solomon to talk about Proverbs. Okay, the stage is set. It says, and having a very great uh, retinue, and uh, that just simply means uh, an assembly or an entourage of people with her, camels that bore spices, gold in abundance, 
precious stone. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. And it talked about, you know, the gold that she brought. She brought 9,000 pounds of gold. I think that translates into about 144, is that million ounces, 144,000 ounces? No, it's got to be more than that. 9,000 9, pounds, 16 ounces to a pound. So I think it turns out to be about $166 million in today's exchange. Now, that's not the kind of pocket change that you and I normally carry with us. She's going to see the king. She's bringing gold. She's bringing an abundance and precious stones. She came to Solomon. She spoke with him about all that was in her heart. And Solomon answered all of her questions. And there was nothing too difficult for Solomon that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon and the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and their apparel, now notice this, and the entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. It mentions all of those things, but the last thing it mentions was the entry. She watched him walk up and through the entryway into the temple of the Lord and bow down and begin to worship the Lord there. Notice, this is the thing that just sent her. It says, and there was no more spirit in her. Some of your translations will say breath. Uh, the word is, uh, the root word is pneuma, which we get pneumatic, pneumatic tools. Those are air-type uh, driven tools. It just took her breath away. When she saw Solomon, she saw all the glory that he had, all the gold, all the wealth, all the servants. But when she saw him walk up into the temple and bow his face to the Lord and worship the Lord in the temple, it took her breath away. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know, and I think that, you know, as you and I walk up in, to the temple, we come here on Sunday morning, we see God saying, I want you more than Sunday morning. I want you to be taking the breath away of people on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. I want you to put, strike fear of the heart of the, of the, the enemy uh, seven days a week. I, I want the world to see the wisdom that's in you because of the time that you spend with me. God's saying, I, I want to leave a mark on this world, and I want to leave my mark through you. And God's saying, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Just come, let's spend some time together. Let's spend some time. Let's worship the Lord together. And he says, what I put on David and what I put on Solomon and what I put on Joshua and what I put on Caleb, you know, these were just ordinary people. And I put something special on them that made the world stand up and take notice. God's saying, you know, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years later, you know, my spirit is the same. I want to put that same spirit on you. And I want the world to stand up and take notice that there's something different about you and about your life. And I can change the world simply through men and women just like you. Are you ready? All right, let's give the Lord a shout. Cause I wish.
Amen. Amen. So, I want to pray with you. Why don't we just stand up? And uh, I want to, uh, we could get our servers, if you could just please go and take the, uh, the elements. But I want us to just let the Lord, the Holy Spirit, just examine our hearts right now. And remember we said a couple of weeks ago that God doesn't want to be on the back burner of your life. And Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, said, you can't drink of the Lord's cup and the devil's cup too. You've got to decide who you're going to serve. And if you choose to serve the Lord God, I promise you that God will do things in your life that you would never be able to do on your own. But he will do great exploits through your life if given the opportunity. All he's asking you to do is like Moses, to turn and see a burning bush. He's asking you like the children of Israel to go ahead and, and even though the sea hasn't parted yet, get ready, it's going to, and I'm going to send you across on dry ground. You know, he's getting ready to, to do some incredible things. He's getting ready to bring some fire out of heaven to destroy all of those enemies. Uh, those sacrifices of the enemy. Uh, he's getting ready to bring some fire out of heaven and anoint you in a different way, put fire in your hearts and in your lives with a new power and with a new boldness today. He's getting ready to use you in a way where you're willing to stand before kings and, and queens and those are very important. It says, I will give you a mouth and wisdom. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Because when you spend time with me, I will show you and I will anoint you to say what I want you to say. God's saying, just come on, just, just come and spend some time with me. If you'll spend some time with me, you'll do some great things in this life. You'll leave your mark upon this world. I think all of us want to do that. All of us want to leave a mark. We don't want to just suck air for 50, 60, or 80 years and then just pass on. We want to leave a mark. We want somebody to look back and say, yes, that person spoken in my life. I remember words that they said, that he said, or she said, and now my life is different because of the, a few words that they said that pointed me in the right direction. My life was high-centered. I was in the timeout box of life, and that person came along and encouraged me with words of life and words of hope and set me on that straight and narrow path and it's given me life. God's saying, I want to do the same thing in each of your lives. God's saying, I want to make you not ordinary. I want to make you great. I want to make you extraordinary. I want to make a difference in this life with your life. And if you're open for that, I want you to just pray. Just pray with me right now. Just say, our Heavenly Father. Just You can say it quietly. Our Heavenly Father. I offer my life as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you, which is my reasonable service. And I ask that you would take my life, Lord, and that you would use it however you choose, that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit, Father. Let the fire of your Holy Spirit come down upon me, that you would reign and saturate me with the 
living water of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would use me to be a life changer. Lord, help me and lead me to the lost and the hurting and the broken and the dying. And Lord, let me speak words of hope and words of life to everyone that I come across with. Lord, remove all negative words, words of death, words that tear down. Word, Lord, I want to be one that, that delivers words of hope and life and encouragement. I choose to be used by you today, Father. I ask these things in Jesus' name. As I was driving in this morning, I was thinking about how David went down to, uh, to the stream and he picked up five stones and uh, he only needed one of those to destroy the giant. But I was thinking about just the number five, you know, that we have five fingers on our hands and uh, it's our hand that we extend to mankind. But I was thinking that like those stones, if you would every morning pick up five, five something, five positive words, five encouraging words. And you might need a reminder. You might need to get five stones, five small stones. And say, Lord, I'm not going to let the sun go down today until I use all five stones. There are five giants out there in this world that I want to slay today. I'm asking you to help me, Father. I'm going to use one stone to slay slay somebody that has no hope. I'm going, to, you know, I'm, used to, I'm going to drive and slay hopelessness today. And I'm going to be the one that brings hope in their life. I'm going to use one of those stones to slay discouragement. I'm, I'm going to just destroy discouragement in somebody's life. And the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to speak life and hope and encouragement in that individual's life. I'm going to use one of those stones to to break brokenness today, Lord God, because there's so many broken people in the world today, so many people that just are going through through life, they have no hope, and they need hope today. And I choose, I, I choose, Lord, here I say, here I am, send me. That's what the Lord said. Is there anybody that I can see, that I can send? It says the eyes of the Lord was looking, and, and, he, and he couldn't find anybody. And finally someone says, here I am, Lord, I'll stand in the gap. I'm willing to stand in the gap today. And so I encourage you that, you know, this week, you know, starting tomorrow, pick up five stones. And I'm not, it doesn't have to be literal stones, but it could be. And just every time you speak words of hope and words of life and words of encouragement, and, and you're speaking into someone's life, you know, just save that stone for another day. And the next day, speak five more words. Speak five words. The Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. Let's use our tongue to speak life and to, to be life encouragers and life builders. Amen? Are you willing to do that? All right. I am too. Amen. God's help, we can do it.